following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Okay. Just for the record, we got the sun in Phoenix, too. 52. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny and Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns. I'm your host for today, David McGraw, alongside my other host, the ever-so-dabbing Mitch Krumpetich. What's up? This week, we are going to be talking about a little bit of breaking news slash rumors, I guess. We've had some injuries a little bit of a trade rumor, if you want to say, another 10-day contract. Then we've got some games to recap and some ones to look forward to. We had a little bit of an exciting week. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. I guess let's just start with this injury news really quick. It's not very fun, but... DeAndre Ayton had a sprained ankle and missed the game against, who did we play? The Timberwolves. And he was out for that ankle injury. He's now being ruled as a game-time decision for the Timberwolves game on Tuesday. So hopefully he can play. He just got his ankle like rolled up on a little bit. So hopefully he's okay. Rashawn Holmes also out in this in Sunday's game against the Timberwolves with a foot injury. So it was pretty tough. To not have either of our bigs. Saw a lot of Dragon Bender, but we'll get into that later. We also signed Quincy AC to another 10-day contract, which worked out because of those injuries, and he's been fine, I guess. He's been Quincy AC. He's been bench, Quincy AC. Which is an absolutely average player, which is not bad at all. Yeah, he's been fine. And then the trade rumor slash maybe not rumor, Dennis Smith Jr., Dallas Mavericks. Woj has a report that the Dallas Mavericks are interested in moving Dennis Smith Jr. And Phoenix is one of the teams that we that has been talking to them about this. A few minutes later, Gambo tweets, no, Phoenix hasn't talked to the Mavericks about Dennis Smith Jr. Take that forever for whatever you want. I'm not going to say who's right and who's wrong or whatever here because I don't really know. But <laughs> in my opinion... The Suns should probably be talking to every team about their point guard situation and potential trades. So when I first saw the Woj report, I wasn't surprised. But now it's looking like maybe nothing's going to happen and the Mavericks are just going to try to keep things working with Dennis Smith Jr. and not give up on him really quickly. So I don't know. What do you think about this, David? Yeah, this whole story was really weird that supposedly he was being held out and then he wasn't being held out and he was just he was holding himself out and coming up with an injury or some sort he was not with the team carlisle didn't want him then carlisle did want him and was trying to figure wanted to like try and work one more time and there's just been so much to this whole dennis smith fiasco that who knows what's going on the mavs I think that they're going to do whatever they can to try and recoup some value and not look like they're just trying to, like, fire sale on him and just give him up for nothing. That's why half of the talks of who, like, what the trade package is is Dennis Smith Jr. and Wesley Matthews. And 
Right. Trying to do make it so it's they're getting more back than just a salary dump, which yeah, they should for a guy on a rookie contract that was the eight overall pick or whatever, right? I think it was seven yeah. or eight. Mm-hmm. I think one it was of those. Eight. I'm gonna say eight. We're gonna we're gonna go with that. So I would welcome Wes Matthews back to the Suns along with Dennis Smith Jr. That would be fine with me. Wes Matthews Wes Matthews is fine, but I, I don't I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I don't really like the idea of taking a swing I taking a swing on Dennis Smith Jr. I think that we would just have to give up too much. And there's not really a whole lot of guys that I'm comfortable trading that would be that people would want to trade for. I'm not really. I, I want to keep Ubre. I want to keep Josh. I think both those guys have been good. I don't want to try and dump Rashawn Holmes for anything. I don't want to. He was the ninth pick, by the way. Sorry, ninth pick. There we go. Close enough. Seven, eight, nine. Whatever. I, I just. I'm not sure that I want to really try and drop anyone. I. I just. I don't like it. I don't. I like our guys. I would rather just. Go hard for Job Moran or Job Moran or whatever. Yeah, I like and, him. Uh, and so go for a power forward in the free agency. Yeah, pool. I'd be okay with that too. But the trade deadline is approaching, so we'll see if any moves get made in these next couple weeks. Yeah, uh, last year there was the really random Alfred Payton trade for us. We probably should have held on to Alfred. Just I know that yes, he did. We should have. He, Okay, not for the reason that he's good, but for the reason that we just we need a point guard so bad, and you know maybe it would do something. He can but actually pass. He can pass, but that's all he can really do. <laughs> I know. I it's tough. We've been dealing with point guards that can do one thing. Alfred Payton could pass. De'Anthony Melton can play defense. De'Anthony Melton has been getting better at passing. He's been getting. He, he he wasn't off he was mostly an off guard and is new to point guard. Yeah. Same with Akobo, right. but Akobo has good vision and he can he can score too, but not a whole lot because he's still transitioning to the NBA, obviously. Right. And so is Melton. Yeah. Okay, well, that's pretty much it for that. If you want to talk about it more, tweet at us. It's it was our Twitter was mentioned earlier. <laughs> but I'll mention it again at Sunny and PHX Pod. So let's start talking about some of these games. We had four games this past week, and they were all losses, but there's a couple silver linings. We are very, very quickly going to touch on Tuesday's loss to the Pacers, 131-97. to Really bad. We gave up 38 points in the first quarter and only scored 19. That's kind of been our issue as of late, where we just dig ourselves into these big holes right at the beginning of the game. And then it's possible to come back, but it is really difficult. And when you're clawing your way back in the whole time, it's not a great place to be. Yeah. So it, it's really tough doing this or go, having these drastic quarters where you just get outscored by an amount that it doesn't matter how you do in the rest of the game. It, it's tough, but this Pacers team is really good. This was Book's first game back at definitely seemed like he was he was easing back in a little bit and against this Pacers team it's just it's tough it was the start of our road trip this Pacers team is really good 
We played them close and almost won them without Oladipo. Without Oladipo, they're just a completely... Or with Oladipo, they're just a completely different animal. Yeah, and Oladipo isn't even back to 100%. These Pacers... This Pacers team is sneaky good. I think they could really make some noise in the playoffs. I'm also super biased, though, because I love Sabonis. <laughs> I, I like Oladipo and Sabonis, and... Yeah. They've just they've got a really likable team, I think, in general, too. I agree. I don't I haven't heard anyone this year saying like, oh, I can't stand the Pacers. They're a perfectly like Central America team. Of just like Central America? Central Central like no, Guatemala. <laughs> I said that wrong completely. <laughs> Central North America Midwestern team. Midwest. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. That they're way. all guys. <laughs> they're all guys that I think would be fun to hang out with. They're all lunch I pail mean, guys. They put on their boots just like everyone else. They go out there. Yeah. They play hard. They put on their pants one leg at a time. <laughs> <laughs> any insert any other cliche? That's the Pacers. But I've I've talked to Sabonis before, and he's a nice guy, and. They just all seem like fun. I don't know. So so Josh speaks for, friend of the show, Josh Cranwetter, yeah. speaks for all Pacers fans and actually is very close with everyone on that team. Uh, Josh. Yeah, definitely. Can, can you please tell tell them to not pile on so much? I mean, we're, we're already dead. You, can you tell right. them to, Come on. to be a little nicer next time? Just Take it easy. Pull your starters after the first quarter. You'd still win. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, Booker's first game back. He only had eight points, five assists, five rebounds, four for 12 shooting. But we do need to talk about something else from this game. Booker started wearing the headband again in this game. Yeah. Thoughts on the headband? Some guys can really do the headband well. I'm not entirely sure Book is one of those guys. I think the headband's too thick. I think a little bit. I think if you're gonna rock a headband, you need a thinner headband and you need to you know, the shaved heads or that kind of stuff, just the buzz cuts. Or are the ways that the headband really works. I think it looks pretty good with his hair, actually. I I don't know how I feel about a thick white headband. It reminds me a little bit of Semi-Pro, mm. that movie with Will Ferrell, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's a bad thing. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you say. I haven't actually seen that movie. I probably should. Oh, it's... No, but, you shouldn't. It's awful. I don't... You don't know how I feel about Will Ferrell movies exactly. Maybe you do. I, I do know how you I, feel. I have a soft spot, for sure, no matter how dumb they are. <laughs> you you, but, you probably like it. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe I'll watch it. But anyway, Booker, I, I'm a little bit weird with like those kind of superstitious things, I guess. And once he had a bad game like that with the headband, I was just expecting him to not wear it again. But he's been wearing it still all this week, so I don't know. He did play better in the next game against the Raptors. So that one was a heartbreaker. Heartbreaker one of two from this week. 111-109 final. We had a good lead. Again, gave, we were outscored by 12 in the first quarter, but outscored the Raptors in the second and third quarter, went in with a little bit of a lead, and then were outscored by three. Pascal Siakam, Spicy P, which some people are saying sounds like a disease 
but um, <laughs> I don't think it's. I don't I, think that is true. That is true. I, I heard that. So who said that? Someone, maybe the starters um. said that spicy pea sounds like a disease. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I think it's a great nickname. But anyway, Pascal Siakam scores a left-handed layup with the game tied and at the buzzer to to beat us. But it, it was it was a high shot. It was. Over eight and over bridges. Yeah, it was. It was a tough. It shot. It was a tough shot. That's what you hope for. Pascal Siakam is. We we talked a little bit about him at the end of last show. Just how yeah he's been getting a ton of interviews and people have been talking about him. He started playing basketball when he was seventeen. Um, you know he played he's t- really he funny. played tight end for the Saints. Oh wait, no, never mind. Um, it's just <laughs> gonna be the same things over and over again. Just uh, but he's really good and. I I am really happy to watch that Raptors team. They're just fun to watch, even when yeah, even when they just turn it on and they look like what they look like the best team in the East. Especially when Kawhi starts going and Kawhi doesn't really work in their offense, but it doesn't matter. That team just turns on the Jets and I can. I like the Raptors too yeah. for sure. And this game, Kawhi was out of this game yeah. for what they call. Load management. <laughs> okay, just make up an injury. I don't know. That's I know that's like the new rule, but it's dumb. Well, the Suns broadcast just called it rest. Yeah, they literally the, just called the it term. Rest. The term is load management, and it, <laughs> it's so bad. it's just so dumb. Just say he like sprained his ankle. I don't know. Whatever. That's. That's not what this show is about. Devin Booker had 30 points in this game and 8 assists. Looked back more to his normal self. So that was a relief. Still with the headband. Mikhail Bridges played pretty well in this game too. He had 15 points. That's more than he's been averaging. And most of those points came in the fourth quarter. It was a little bit unfortunate that Pascal Siakam just drove right by him on the last play. But overall, Bridges had a good game. Pascal Siakam was taking that shot and he was making it. He had just he had decided that completely. Right. Uh, he took it at the top of the key or at the top behind the three point line, started dribbling it out, didn't look to like run a play or anything, just ISO'd and he was making that shot, I think, no matter what. Yeah, he was. He had his mind made up. Mm-hmm. Uh Kelly Oubre played well in this one too. Eighteen points and nine rebounds. Sign Oubre right now, please. I love him. Yeah, if if you could sign extensions in the middle of the season, I would be I would ask why they haven't signed given him an extension yet. For but sure. I I think that he would fits really well. He's been playing great um in this stretch of games. I think it was as of right before the Timberwolves game, he was averaging over 20 in his last 6 or something like that. Yeah. So, he's been good. He's he's just been playing great. He's been playing great off the defense or off the bench, not the defense. Been playing great Really good defense. Some dumb fouls here or there, but that's this entire team. I think that he should probably yeah. be playing in the starting lineup. He probably should, but I don't know. I I kind of like him off the bench, too. I kind of talked myself into that a little bit this past week. He brings a little bit more fire and passion and energy than some of our other bench guys, excluding Rashawn Holmes, because he brings a lot of that, too. Rashawn and, I like and the way Josh both do together. that, I think. Oh, so does Josh. I guess I like those three guys together. That's fair. I just They've been fun. They have been a lot of fun, and they've done a lot of really good things. 
I'm really I really want to see more of just Elton Melton Bridges and Ubre on the court though. Yeah, because okay. those guys are all really good defenders. Yeah, but the guys who you would expect to do things for the Raptors did. Kyle Lowry didn't shoot very well, but he still had 16 points and nine rebounds and eight assists. And then Serge Ibaka was able to have a pretty good game with 22 points and six rebounds. Serge Ibaka has been on a tear this entire season. Yeah. He's hasn't he's averaging a career high in points. And he's just been he's just been really good. There was that game where he didn't miss a shot and he hit like 12 shots or 15 shots or something dumb like that earlier this season. Dude's been on a roll. The fact that he wasn't moved to center years ago is probably, he's probably hating that right now because he would be lining up for a huge contract. Yeah. I kind of like Serge Ibaka too. That whole Raptors team, I just like them. (laughs) They're just a good team. They are. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the East. Okay, well, now we'll move on to the Charlotte game, which was another stinker. It was a basketball game, technically. Yeah, we lost that one 135-115, to and yet again, we're outscored by double digits in the first quarter. We were down by 13 at the end of those 12 minutes, so that's a great way to start. But silver linings, Devin Booker, double-double, 32 points, 11 assists. Um, That's... Pretty much it. Uh, but the other good thing in this was Kelly Oubre with 24 points. Mm-hmm. Again, he plays well. He's been playing well. He continues to. He but, should be playing over TJ in the starting lineup. Oh, Hot for take. sure. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let's talk about this right now. <laughs> TJ Warren. I am frustrated with the way TJ plays. Yes, TJ Warren is a great scorer. He's a good basketball player. I like him. He seems like a nice guy. He's quiet. He's had some questionable technical fouls this year, but whatever, it happens. He's just so predictable. Every time he touches the ball, I feel like if he's open enough, he's going to shoot the three, and otherwise he's going to drive to the basket, whether there's no one on him or there's four guys on him. And sometimes he makes those shots, but other times I'm just thinking, TJ, just pass the ball one time. It would make your life easier. You would be on the ground less. And there's so many of these games where he scores 20 points, but it's just difficult, and it just doesn't seem like it's that effective. So at least TJ can shoot the three, because he used to be able to only drive, and that was it. Right, yep. And he is trying to post up guys, so there's that, I guess. This is, I feel the same about TJ, and I think everyone is kind of dropping down back to earth. Maybe a little too fast, maybe too wanting to just trade him and get over with it. This is what TJ does. I do think that, and I ended up having this conversation with uh, the future misses, that, you know, you want, you're talking about the All-Stars and wanting to get those guys involved, and that it's good to have big games from, you know, Josh or Kelly or Rashawn, and when those guys have big games, we do really well. But I didn't mention TJ because, and I didn't think about it at the time, and now I'm thinking about it more, and it's just, it seems that TJ scoring 20 points, it's good, but you don't need him to score 20 points to win a game. Right. It's all, when he's aggressive, but when he's willing to pass more, you know, he's deferring shots, I feel like we're just way better. 
than yes. when he scores 20 points. I mean, that Nuggets game, he scored 12 or something. He, he really, he didn't score 20, and we looked really good, and it, I wasn't worried that, you know, TJ needed to score 20 for us to win. I don't think that him scoring 20 helps us win at all. When right. Booker, you know, when Aiton scores 20, I feel like Aiton scores 20, we're looking good, and we've got a shot. When Book scores 20, not as much. When Book scores more than 20, yes, but Booker should be scoring 20 every night for us to be in a game at all. Right. Yeah, and... This is kind of something we were talking about right before we recorded the show, and we said, oh, we should be recording this. But TJ Warren, he he slows down or stops the offense completely. And Jamal Crawford does the same thing. Jamal Crawford does it a little bit differently because J-Crossover is going to go ISO mode and try to cross some guy up and then take a fadeaway shot and he's going to hit it every once in a while and people are going to get excited because it looks like vintage Jamal Crawford and oh, he's still got it. I like Jamal Crawford, okay? But he's playing way too many minutes for a 38-year-old isolation player. We need more ball movement. We need more movement off the ball. And TJ, TJ is pretty good at those back cuts, actually. I do have to give him credit for that. But the ball movement just stops completely when the ball gets to TJ. And especially in Kakashkov's system, we need the ball moving more. Yeah. He's good on those backdoor cuts until he tries to shy away from contact and then just completely misses a shot and falls on the floor and then wonders where a foul is when he <laughs> didn't get really contacted at all. So I'm having flashbacks. It happens. We should count how many times that happens in the next game. <laughs> it's going to be like 20 times. How many shots <laughs> is TJ going to shoot? Because that's, yeah. that's how many times he's going to Yeah, really. <laughs> so every time there's a turnover, every time he takes a shot, he's going. that's what it's going to be like. Yeah. But uh, I, to a lesser extent, Booker does the same thing. When Booker's playing point, you know, the offense just stagnates and it turns into an that's ISO true. game. It takes forever yeah. to initiate the offense. Which, you know, we talk so much smack on Ann Myers Drysdale because she's not Eddie and she kind of sucks a lot. But I mean, she knows her stuff. She, she does gets know a few her names stuff. wrong here and there. Ann has had a good season this year. I'm going to give her credit. She said a couple things in this broadcast on Sunday's game against the Timberwolves, and I thought, wow, that's really good insight. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Is that during the Timberwolves <laughs> game, she was talking about how. You know, Jamal Crawford was trying to do this move to get open and was just stagnating the offense. And she was like, well, you know, he got the shot and he made it, but that's not what you want to see. And it exactly. wasn't a very good, you know, work up to the shot. And then talking about when Booker was playing point, how Booker took forever to initiate the offense and we had to hurry up and get a shot off because he was dribbling. To, he walks up the court and then dribbles it out for a bit and... That's what that's what I was gonna. What I was getting to is that Devin Booker does the same thing to a certain extent. Booker's great and he's our best player, but it's part of the reason why we need a point guard so bad is because yes. when Melton's in the game and Melton's playing point, we don't have that issue with Book. Book isn't just dribbling right. up the court slowly and then waiting and then getting the offense going when there's ten seconds left on the shot clock. Melton is kind of Melton runs up the court, starts it off, it starts getting passed around and. The movement just looks better. Even when Okobo is on the court, it always seems like Book is playing point and Okobo's playing the two guard or 
whoever Josh is playing the one guard or someone else is playing like lead ball handler when Okobo's out there. But yeah, it when when books the primary point guard, it just seems like everything just slows down. And he has been racking up assists. It's been great. He's been playmaking a lot better, but it does seem like everything's just slowing down, and that's not what we need in this system. Look at the best teams on offense, at least. They move the ball really well. And it's very frustrating when we play a team like the Jazz or the Spurs. Well, the Spurs, it's a little bit different this year. But in past years, the Spurs. This year, Toronto, I noticed, was pretty good with ball movement. When they started that out last year, too. Right. when, When you watch these really good teams... They move the ball. I mean, the Warriors are the obvious example. They move the ball so well. And I don't know. We just, maybe we don't have as good of shooters. Well, not maybe. We don't have as good of shooters as those teams. Utah, did I say Utah? They're another you did really good example. You didn't, okay. I mean, Celtics, Spurs of years past. Celtics, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, we just need more of that. And it's hard to do with not great shooters and without an actual point guard. Melton has been better at passing, but it's like we've said however many times, and we'll continue to say it until the end of the season probably, Melton and Okobo are projects, and we've known that from day one. And the plan at the beginning of the season was, well, not really to have Melton at all. That was kind of a last-minute thing. But with Okobo, at least, was to know that he's a project, and a few years down the line, he might be pretty good but he's just been thrust into this role and Kakashkov didn't really even want to put him in that role at first, but he was kind of forced into it because Jamal Crawford is 38. And anyway, enough on that. Let's talk about this Minnesota game. So second night of a back-to-back going from Charlotte to Minnesota. That's a long trip. This was kind of a rough road trip from Indiana to Toronto to Charlotte to Minnesota. That Charlotte game really seems random. And I'm pretty sure I said that last week, but Whatever. We played Minnesota. We played them tough. It was a 116-114 to 114 loss. This game, we were without DeAndre Ayton and Rashawn Holmes. So who did we start? Dragon Bender, who... I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but he played 29 minutes and had 12 points and 10 rebounds. That's the... <laughs> like a, I, I was wondering who this Dragon Bender that was out there. He couldn't hit threes to save his life. He was dunking. Yeah, it was. He looked like a center. It was kind of weird. <laughs> he looked like a center, and I was, I was almost wondering, like, what happened. He was, you know, not completely getting torched. Like Towns was obviously great, but like he wasn't getting just completely yeah. backed down and killed. He was, you know, putting in an effort to do that. And Towns started off a lot. Started off missing a lot of shots at the rim. He did. Yep. And, I was kind of surprising. I Bender actually challenged him. I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, but, Bender was so great, we were, and I'm so yeah. th- I was so thrown off. But it will, and it'll be interesting to see if Bender plays anymore after this. Probably not, but we'll see. Um, so this game, the Suns led the vast majority of this game, but the fourth quarter we got pretty tired and got outscored twenty-five to eighteen, and it was almost the exact same situation as the Raptors game, except this time we had Derrick Rose, who I got to say, I'm happy for Derrick Rose. I like him and it's nice to see him come back from all of these injuries, but 
We've got Mikhail Bridges guarding Derrick Rose with the game tied, the clock winding down. Rose drives, gets to his spot just inside the three-point arc on the right side of the court, does a little fadeaway, swish, 0.6 seconds left on the clock. We get the ball to TJ, who clanks the ball off the side of the backboard. Who I, we, get, we, we get the ball to TJ, and TJ can't even release the ball in time in the point six seconds. Right. And then clanks right. it off the side of the backboard. Yeah. So that was tough. But we played a pretty good game. It was, it was exciting. I kind of had a feeling we'd blow the lead. Second night of a back-to-back with travel. It's not an excuse, but... It's, it doesn't make things easy. I mean, without arguably our second best player and uh, probably our without fifth a best center. player. <laughs> without a real center. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we did tough. we did fine. I mean, our energy big off the bench was Quincy AC. Right. So, I mean, if we have Rashawn Holmes, maybe that's enough. But Bender did mm. fine. Bender did well. He did. He I. Did. I don't think that he did well enough to steal minutes away from Holmes because what this said is that Bender should play center if he's going to play and he's not a power forward. Which, Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Let's see. Standouts from this game. Kelly Oubre continues to play well, 18-8 in this one. Devin Booker, 18-6-6. TJ had 21 in this game. I mean, Bender, 12-10. Who would have thought? And then Quincy AC had eight points. I think that was his career high as a son. <laughs> so, yeah. he, but he added a little bit of energy, hit some threes that I didn't really expect to go down. Yeah. Jamal Crawford played 21 minutes, which made me really angry. Josh Jackson had 15 points. Josh, which we haven't mentioned, but, you know, getting some texts, getting yeah. a little, uh, a little frustrated, trying to be kind of the backbone and emotional leader almost trying to go out there and be kind of a wrecking force and make statements for his teammates which leads to him getting ejected in the toronto game that we really didn't talk about oh yeah that's right i forgot about that <laughs> looked like he was gonna get ejected almost at times from this timberwolves game just because he yes i want to talk about one technical in this game that really irked me Devin Booker shoots this tough fadeaway shot with two guys on him and gets fouled, is going to the free throw line, and says something to the ref that causes a technical. It's like, you got fouled. You got the call. What is there to say? What what more do you want? Book not only did that, but he started clapping at the official, which uh, officials don't take kindly to that. Ask no. Paul George. <laughs> I don't. I feel like Paul George has been t- given texts multiple times for clapping at guys, clapping at officials. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, officials don't like getting clapped at. And then Booker started clapping again when they gave the technical, and said right. something along the lines of, "You could read like you could see his lips on the broadcast and said, you can't tell you can't tell me I can't clap or something like that.'" And I was yeah. like, "Booker, shut up." Right, just shoot your free throws. You're going to get two points, hopefully. His free throw shooting numbers are down, actually. but <laughs> He's still... Right, they're down a bit, but... It, it's still fine. Yeah. But let's look at the Timberwolves. Towns had 30 points and 12 rebounds in this game, which I actually expected him to have more. He did most of his damage in the first half, but then Derek Rose 
he had 31 points and 29 of them came in the second half. So that was, he's just been doing that though this year. Yeah. I want to say that that's not that he's not doing that that often, but he has been, he's been good this year. He's so. been, he's been really good and he just turned it on. It seemed like we were doing a pretty good job of slowing him down and putting pressure on him. And then he just kind of came out of nowhere and started hitting clutch shots, which was kind of crazy because Towns was just chucking up threes. I, I made a joke on the group chat that, you know, Towns would do real, do everything in the first half and then just start bricking threes in the second. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, interesting note, Andrew Wiggins had 10 points on 3 for 14 shooting, and they're paying him a lot of money to do that. Yep. I just want to mention that. <laughs> I don't know if you're if you're a, a Redditor, you might have seen on our NBA, Doris Burke. I, I, that's where I saw this, or maybe you watched the game, I don't know. Doris Burke called out um, Wiggins in the game before they played us for standing around, just going to the corner, not really doing much. She called out how much he's making to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of looking for it in this game, and I just noticed he does a lot of that, just standing around. And he's so athletic, and he's a good player, but it's just weird to see him standing so much. Yeah, I don't even... I'm not even entirely sure he's a good player, only because, (laughs) like... He's very talented, is the way to say it. He's very athletic, very <laughs> talented. I don't think he tries enough to be considered a good player. And that's not me. I know like that sounds like a lot of t- talking smack, and it is. But when you're making that much money, when you're doing that much whatever, and not giving that much effort, I feel like you can be like, yeah, you're talented, and you can be a good player, but right now, what are you doing? Good for him, though. He makes more money than either of us will ever see in our lifetimes. So, Yeah, but it's really good talking behind a microphone and talking smack about these millionaires. Yeah, so. yeah we're, we're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> At least we're self-aware. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, but let's talk about the upcoming games this week. So Tuesday, we play Minnesota again, but we play them in Phoenix Hopefully Aiton's back for that one. I don't know about the timetable for Rashawn Holmes. We'll see if that makes any difference. Draggy Bendy, point center. Draggy Bendy, yeah. We might as well start him again. Then we play Portland on Thursday. Portland has been interesting this year. And actually, I was watching the Gonzaga game on Saturday, last Saturday, and they interviewed Zach Collins because Gonzaga was playing Portland, like the University of Portland in Portland. And Collins was there and they interviewed him. And he said some pretty interesting stuff just about making the transition from college after one year to the NBA. One thing that really stuck out to me in that interview was he said he believed that defense is even more important than offense in the NBA for for young players. And he made a good point that in college, you have coaches and trainers and all of those kind of people making sure that you're getting in the gym and eating right and they're helping you with all of that. He said, once you go to the NBA, it's just expected. No one tells you what to do. You just have to do it on your own. And so for a guy who literally went from high school to one year of college, not even one year, nine months straight to the NBA, he he said it was 
kind of tough. I mean, he's stayed in really good shape, but those are just some things I hadn't really thought about. And I, I thought it was interesting insight. I think that the defense thing, I think that's really good. I mean, mm-hmm. you're most, you're, even if you're a project on offense, you're more likely to see the floor if you can play defense. And you're more likely to stay on the floor if you don't have big defensive gaps. I mean, right. That makes it, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that that's, it's a good call. I mean, look at a lot of the guys that see play. I mean, that Josh Akogi guy from Minnesota, like mm-hmm. he's been getting a run because of some of that stuff. Uh, right. You talk right. about Melton, who was getting probably going to get run with whatever team he played because of that defense. And right. obviously starts for us. Bridges being, yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, then we play the Nuggets in Denver the night after we play Portland, the second night of a back-to-back. I don't know why they schedule this. It should be – you shouldn't be able to schedule the Nuggets on the second night of a back-to-back in Denver. That's scheduled loss. Ugh. And then we play the Lakers in L.A. on Sunday, and I think LeBron will probably be back by that one. I don't, maybe they'll sit him for load management. <laughs> uh, well – so Lonzo's out for four to six weeks. Yeah. And then LeBron might be back. He started practicing supposedly this past week, I think it was. But that doesn't even... Some people have said that he might still be out like a week or two. No, okay. no one really knows. But The only reason I know this is because LeBron's on my fantasy team. <laughs> so I kind of keep up with how his injury has been progressing. Because I have a pretty decent fantasy team, but almost half my guys are hurt right now. So it's been excuses, really tough. excuses. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was doing really well. I had one loss for the longest time, and then everyone decided to get hurt at the exact Everyone same time. went, you know what? We're on Mitch's fantasy team. Time to hurt. Time to get yeah, hurt. Yeah, they knew. Yeah, Gary Harris <laughs> and LeBron and Aiton was hurt tonight. And I don't know. It's been frustrating. Whatever. So, any of those games sound winnable? That Lakers game, if LeBron's out, that's a winnable game. Uh, yes. Especially with Lonzo being out. Uh, the... Lonzo is Lonzo, but he makes that team better, even though he's his jump shot is terrible. So, yeah, he's been. I, I think if it's just this year, though. he has been, but I think if. If Kuzma, if it's just Kuzma and Brandon Ingram show, I think we've got a shot at it. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I think that Minnesota game is winnable too, with how we played them on Sunday. It is, but we'll have a day of rest if one of Aiden or Rashawn Holmes can be back. I think we I think we've got a shot. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our basketball talk for this week. We'll now be moving on to the non-sports section of the show. And this week, our question is, what app on your phone, or device of choice, I suppose, has changed your life in a significant way? Do you want to start this one? Yeah, so I've had a couple of different ones. Um, The one that has been changing stuff up for the longest amount of time now is it's this it's this app called meal lime and it's basically like a meal planning app oh and you can put like any dietary restrictions foods you don't like uh you know allergies 
uh, what styles of things you want to do, uh, all of that kind of stuff, how many people you need to cook for. It's a really cool app, and I've been using it for probably a year and a half now. Maybe a little bit more, but it's just, it's it's been really great. It's a good way to try different things and really practice cooking different things. I, I enjoy to cook. I enjoy cooking and uh, like not just cooking the same thing over and over and over again. So, you know, you can kind of do different things. We had a, we've had, you know, some like kind of like olive oil pizza things. We've, I've had burrito bowls just uh not zero like and zero zero pasta things where you do like uh, zucchini noodles or stuff like that just you know like a bunch of different styles of things and it's changed a lot and i think helped me with just like cooking cooking better different ways to cook and uh just trying new things which i think is really cool that is cool what's it called again it's called meal lime. Meal lime. Lime or lime? Lime. Like lime in the coconut. Okay, okay. Huh. I might check that out. It, me, it's awesome. For me, I don't have a ton of apps on my phone, but the one that kind of got us to this topic was PlayStation View or just whatever TV streaming service you have, if you have that. First off, I highly recommend cutting the cord. I have really liked having PlayStation View for the last year and a half. But I like to watch English Premier League, football, soccer, whatever you want to call it. I call it soccer because I'm an American. But (laughs) those games come on fairly early sometimes. Today wasn't too bad. I, I support Tottenham, Tottenham Hotspur, just like Steve Nash. So they had a game today that started at 9 a.m., And it was my first day of this weekend to sleep in. And I didn't really want to get out of bed right at 9 a.m. And I just woke up and said, oh, hey, I could start watching the Tottenham game. And so pulled it up on my phone, watched it in bed. Once it finished, I was ready to get up. So that's a really nice thing to have for the weekends. Other than that, I guess I'll just shout out Tonebridge again. Because I know I've done this before, but Tonebridge is an app that I really like that is for playing guitar. It's it's like a community-based guitar amplifier app where you can search for songs and you can find the tone that that song uses. So the one I have pulled up is James Franco by Polyphia. And I use a thing called iRig Pro that I can plug my guitar cable into and then it has an adapter so I can plug it into my phone and I use that app quite a bit when I want to play electric and have a little bit of an amp without having to have like a big heavy amp or to be too loud because I don't want my neighbors to get mad at me so those are the ones that I can think of off the top of my head I really like I hope these app suggestions help you in some way if not that's fine this is what we use I guess so (laughs) Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Hopefully we have a win to talk about. And until then, go Suns.